0: welcome you to this service in the name of the Lord and I would like to say to you as well that the Lord really loves you after a prayer yesterday night I went through some experiences with God I will call it a struggle because I found myself that the watch nights, the night vision we have been doing have been programmed into my into my system. And after seven PM meeting, I couldn't have a rest until the twelve midnight. And then I decided that let me take a rest and I found out that I went to bed, I was able to sleep for one and a half hours. And from that time till now the Holy Spirit did not permit me to sleep. And whenever that happens, when the Holy Spirit does that to you, it is not possible for you to get up, in the, you know, as with everybody usually in the morning and feel tired. You cannot feel tired. It's not possible. Your body cannot, you know, wear out. Because when you are in the presence of God, even if He keeps you sleepless for 40 days, at the end of the 40 days, you will be as strong as you have never, you know, you missed your sleep at all. And I found out that... Uh, it wasn't happening with me alone, it was happening with my wife as well. And when I was preparing to come into this meeting in the vestry there, I told Pastor Fumi that what I'm hearing from God for you this morning, I want it audio times. Because it's an instruction for God's own people. For this end time. As every one of you who have been in church and those watching me from all over the world who have been connected to this house will remember that I reminded you how God spoke to this house for 11 years concerning this year. And how God gave me instructions to prepare all of you, which I did, taking the lead as well myself, so that you also can feel encouraged to move. And I told you also, reminded you also, how when we were coming into this year, last year, God said next year is the year, I'm telling you. The global economy will crash. And God said that for Britain, United Kingdom will not recover until three years. But then, God also said, there will be plague, shaking. And then in the new year, he said, this is the year. And then he said that there will be invention. God will give inventions to mankind from this year. And I said to every one of you, you know, especially those who are medical doctors among us. I remember I was standing here when the Spirit of God came upon me. And I said to you, why you guys go and put yourself into research? If you can commit your heart to research, any field that you are, you will invent. Because when God sends this grace... Only those who commit their heart to such get it. Either they are born again or not, it doesn't matter because God is the God of all mankind. But those who are born again are the ones who find their way back to Him. If anybody is not born again, if he dies, he's so sorry. But for the benevolence of God, He gives it to mankind because man is still God's image. The difference between a Christian and a non-Christian is that a non-Christian is God's image as well as a Christian God is God's image. But a Christian is God's likeness, and a non-Christian cannot be. And when I mean non-Christian, I mean those who are Christ-like. I mean those who are called born again. Those who have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, who have inside them the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. They are the ones who have the likeness of God, whereas all men in God's image. I would get in that. Of course, you all agree with me that likeness departed in the book of Genesis chapter 3, when man sinned. However, I told you, and I told you something that in this year, the shaking that will happen by God, will create holes in the authorities that many of you will be able to ride to the top in your careers. Because it is necessary for God to do that because of the end time revival in the past, we have seen lone ranger ministers, God raise one person and he goes all over the place. And you have seen some of them frustrated because of lack of funds. That they couldn't move as they should. But in this end time revival, as written in the book of Isaiah, look at it very quickly. Chapter 2, verse 2. It says in verse 2 of Isaiah chapter 2. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains. The word chief means superior. The word chief is synonymous to prince prince or ruler. And it says, It will be raised above the hills. Because sometimes hills look like mountains. And you have seen a lot of religion compete with Christianity over the years. Even some believe that they are the same and they worship the same God. Only because they have the abstract of the Old Testament in their book. And many are confused because they look like a way. But in the last days... God said it will be, there will be distinction in the last days that God will exalt the, the mountain of the Lord's temple. It will be the chief, they will see that that is the real thing to God, the real way. Then it will be exalted above the hill, which means that before this statement, it was hills were ramping shoulders with it. And God will do something that will cause a distinction of the church. And that's what God is doing now. Plague and famine. Economic crisis and distress. And in the midst of it, the church is beginning to erupt. And those who are God's saints are beginning to rise up. And while people are confused and walking all over the place, I went to Isaiah 60. God's people have been positioned by God in various authorities into the United Nations into the world trade organization, into the government of countries, into the rulers of nations, and everything that matter as to decision making, and then the revival will explode. So that nothing, nothing, business and stuff like that, there will be no tool for the enemy to hinder the end time revival. Because those who are anointed to preach the word and manifest the signs and wonders, as God is shaking and God will have been positioned God is also raising them up, and they are having direct contact with God. They are having revelation. They are having illumination, you know, of what is going to happen. God is no more speaking in the adage. He is telling them what will happen time and season. And He is telling them how to prepare the army of God, which is you. So, the church of God will be exalted above all hills. And that is happening right now. From the testimonies of many of you during this COVID I read some yesterday, it's proven. I read some over the past days that we've been praying, it's proven. That while many people are losing jobs, God's children are being exalted, and they are going higher, now being positioned in authority and powerful positions. And now you saw the shaking that happened all over the world, the death of a man. Though some people try to seize and due advantage of it, but God will still do what he wants to do. I don't support the terminology black life matter because every life matters to me. I don't believe in that. But I believe in equality, in treating all mankind equal. And I don't believe that people should be given a privilege because of their color. Neither do I support that people should be put down because of their color. I believe that anybody who, is, who has studied to show himself a approved workman, according to the scripture, should be put in position. Whether they are black or, or white is irrelevant. I'll be going out to the air very shortly to begin to speak about my philosophy. Because a good number of people have been deceived by this Black life Matter stuff. And people need to recognize that Black life Matter is different from Floyd's death. And we need to recognize that we cannot allow anybody with ulterior intention to hijack the the righteous purpose of the death of that young man as to draw us into the agenda of the devil it will not happen it will not happen it will not happen come on let me tell you this all this shaking that is going on why now from the death of floyd we recognize that more, more more people are now concerned and more conscious organizations are more conscious of you know the position of black people, how black people have been treated in various, various um, uh, you know, spheres of life. I've attended a, a seminar almost every week, governmental meetings this week, previous week, the other week, conglomerate meetings, law, law uh, conferences and stuff over the issue and how they would deal with it. Really one of them, I submitted a paper which was uh, submitted by one of the MPs in this week in Parliament the issue is this the awareness has been created and everybody is saying that you know in our board we need black people in our government we need black people we need more of them so what is going to happen you who have been prepared over the years to be qualified to refine your knowledge and to add knowledge to your knowledge and values to yourself it's your time to reign they will get it now and that hasn't got to do with color whether you are black or Asian, it doesn't matter. Whether you are uh, white, it doesn't matter. For every country, people who are qualified, well-read, well-prepared, people who have been conversant with the, with the, with the uh, situation of the country and have equipped themselves to be relevant solutions. Whatever tribe they be, whatever color they be, this is their time. For the meek and the lowly to be exalted in the, nation, in the affairs of nations. And that scripture says it. Where will they focus on? Church. That's why people like myself are coming to those meetings. Because there's this mentor in the world. That if you get a Christian into an opportune, opportune a position. A place of authority. At least you can rely to him, on him that he will fear his God. And that's all over the world. So it is your time. That's what I'm saying. It is the time of the church of the living God on earth. We will have died during COVID. God spared our life because we have something to to, to contribute to this present age. We do not live just from hand to mouth. We are not created by God to be earning salary, have a house and then go to holiday, eat and drink and die. That's not your purpose of being created. You are created to leave a footprint on earth if Jesus tarries. In every field that God has given you, the Bible says God's divine power has given us everything we need for life and for godliness through our knowledge of Him. Second Peter 1.3 1, 1, three. Second Peter one three. So you must have this behind your mind as I take you into the journey we started last Sunday. Last Sunday, what I was teaching you, and which will continue for the next few weeks, is the key to the Father's heart. Let me read that scripture finish. Go back to my Isaiah. There is something I want to tell you. What will make the church relevant in these days is what will make you relevant. It says, It will be raised above hills and all nations will stream into it. Okay, what will bring nations into the church? That question is answered in the next verse. Look at the next verse. It says, Many people will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. Why? He will teach us his ways. So any church that have been lying to people should be ready to pack up. And they will pack up. I want you, i told you, they will be bankrupt. Anywhere called church that is interested in gathering people, milking them, taking their money and reaching one person and giving them hopeless hopes. This is their time that God will face them out of the record of the world. Because people will go to the house of the God of Jacob. Why? Not because they are talking rubbish. It's because they are talking sense. They are talking God. They are teaching the way of God. And they are living the way they teach. Your knowledge will become the pedestal that mortal men will seek after you in this season. I say they will look for you. You won't look for them. They will look for you. They will look for you. If you have grace upon you and you have knowledge of man, forget it. There's no such a thing as like Satan block me. He block people because they, they themselves have, they block themselves. Satan don't block anybody in CFT. Hallelujah. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. When we do his good will, he will abide with us still and with all who we want, trust and obey. Listen to that scripture. They will come to church because you teach them the way of the Lord. And then he says, the law will go out of Zion and the word of the Lord from the church, which is Jerusalem of God. So what would distinct us is that we teach God. We walk God and we show God and his ways. Now we have been looking at love. And I told you last Sunday that we have three dimensions to love. The love God has for humanity. The love man is supposed to have for God or towards God. And the love that man have for one another. We found out last Sunday from the book of First Corinthians chapter 13. If you look at it, I read to you from verses 1 to 4 and treated that And what does it say? Verse 1. If if I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have no love, not love or not love, I am only a resounding gong and clashing cymbal. The next one. If I have gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. It was nothing, and the third one says, "If I give all my possessions to the poor and surrender my body to flames, but have not law, I gain nothing." Now, if you look at these scriptures, it's very interesting. It's it's it appears as if then what can I do, you know, to relieve something? What what is law really, from the context of the word of God? What is law? Now we understand that. This scripture, and we agreed together last Sunday from various scriptures, that this scripture in no way obsoletes the gift. It doesn't obsolete the gift. Because it begins by the word if. Go back to one place. Let me run that very quickly. If the word if is a condition statement. And a condition statement <clears throat> is something that that um, reveals a partnership to entities or two people. Somebody made a promise, and that promise is subject to this condition. So if the one who receive the promise fulfilled the condition, then the promise is delivered. And if we look at this scripture, it says, If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but, so the what if and but separates the two chambers. Meaning that the first one is necessary; however, the first one is incomplete without the one after both. So, what is after both is love. So, it means I should speak in tongues of men and angels, whatever the Holy Spirit gives me, because that comes from God's love to you. But then it says, if I have not love, certainly. He's not talking about your own obligation, your responsibility. If God is so faithful in his responsibility, he gave you tongues and all stuff. But you don't have the law, which is your own part of the bargain. It says, you are just like a symbol. So you must have the first one, but there must be a response from you towards the God who is so loving that he gave you all these gifts. Second one says, if I go to the next one, please, verse 2. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom mysteries and knowledge, let me say gift of science and wonder, discernment, of the gift of the Spirit. I will put that in that. And if I have faith, can move mountains, I can perform so many great miracles, but have no love. I'm nothing. Now people heal those, when we see miracles and stuff like that, people heal those of us who operate in that. Now, but God says that if I don't have love, all those things I have from him will amount to nothing. Whatever I do with those gifts, God said at the end of age, they will amount to nothing because he gave those gifts to me out of his own love and he expect me back to respond from my own love. All right? Then he went further to say the last one, because some people say that, you know, they use this to tell people who are Pentecostal people that you know all this grace and all stuff, all this manifestation is nothing. That's not what the Bible says. They are something, <clears throat> but they will be total nothing if not combined with the response of love from you and I to God. And he says if I give you the gift to the poor, I'm very benevolent, you know, some say my own is charity. No problem. If you even give your body to be killed and be slaughtered, that's interesting. We expect somebody who gave his body to, to flames because of the gospel to mean something. God said it's not, it doesn't mean to him without you have love. Now therefore, what is that love? That is what I will talk about briefly. And then next Sunday, we will drive down into the functioning of love. What is this love? We understand that this love that God is speaking about is the love which is a response from you. Because it says, if you do not. So, that love God is talking about certainly, verbatim, is the love that is the responsibility of each one of us. And this responsibility of love from each one of us is divided into two parts. When... Jesus responded about love. In the book of Matthew twenty two, verse thirty four, it says, Hearing that Jesus had silent hearing that Jesus had silent the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert of the law, tested him with his question, with this question, Teacher, which is the greatest command in the law. And it says, Jesus replied, "Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind." This is the first and the greatest. And verse says, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And it says, all the law <clears throat> and the prophets hang on these two commands. So therefore, if we go back to the first Corinthians, we can therefore conclude from the evidence of these scriptures that the love that God was speaking about, which is the obligatory love from man to God, is a love in two parts. But the primary of it, which is the greatest one, he says, I wonder why Jesus called it greatest. And of course, Moses also called it greatest when they are referring to two things. Maybe the. Contemplation, the third dimension of love, which is the love God gives us. However, it says the greatest of all these is love for God, which means therefore that we can infer that you cannot love man if you cannot love God. Neither can you claim to love God and you hate man. Impossible. They are interlinked. Evidence that a man loves God is the amount of love he can show to humanity. And you and I will struggle in this. Because there are some things that we call love, which you will now define and discover that they are not really love. Like, I love my wife. And some people love their wife as to slap them. Slapping a woman you call your wife, her, does that gel with love? Your love produce kicking? Can, can you see a love that slaps somebody else that he loves? Can you see a love that wants someone to anger, just deliberately, pick up, just create atmosphere that will be terrible and, and, and argument and anger. Yet, they pro- profess the love. You see, some people say they love a woman or a man only because they want to go to bed with them, to have sex with them. And then after having sex with them for some time, the love fades away. Is that what love is? And this is what we are looking at together today. Is that what God expects from a love? Therefore, I looked into the dictionary. The third one that I will I will do to you is that next Sunday I'm going to teach, I'm going to read to you. From the law dictionary, what the word love means? Love means in the angle of law, legal studies. But if you look at from the English dictionary, love interprets to about three dimensions. Love is viewed or defined as strong emotion towards something. Which is very true. Love can be... Interpreted as, I'm attracted to this, and my body emotionally wants it. And that is the kind of love that leads into sexual intercourse. But love also is defined as such a deep emotion towards objects. The first emotion I meant was towards another man. The second emotion is towards objects some people love dogs more than human beings so to the place where now they are marrying dogs the only problem is that if the dog is your wife he has to go to market and shop and he has to come back home and cook unfortunately if you put the apron on your dog I'm very sorry that your dog can only respond by barking And you who is a lover of dog, that you love dog more than man, you have to interpret and discuss with the dog through bucket. So we have all manners of crazy stuff (laughs) about love. And of course, love can be personified. But is that the love that the Bible is talking about? No. So that leads me to looking at a few questions. The first question is what is love for God? And we're going to look at that in the next probably 10 minutes. What is love for God? We understand that the greatest command is to love God. So everybody must achieve that first for you to be able to do the second one. So we look at what is love for God. Then we look at who is he that loves the Lord? Who can we say he loves the Lord? How can we identify that you love the Lord or I love the Lord? Then the third thing is that we look at what are the benefits and the reward of love. Or merits and demerits of love. That is, if you truly love God, what are the benefits? If you don't love God, what are the benefits? Or if you don't truly love, what are the benefits? You you understand now that when I talk about love God, I'm talking about loving your, your response towards the God who created you. And... I also in it include the fact that that is what determines your strength of love towards man and towards creation. And I will talk about man next Sunday. So what is love for God? Love for God from biblical evidence is obedience to the word of God. Write it down. Because when we talk about loving, if you talk about me love my wife now, or me love you as a member of this church, you know, I can see you. I can express my love by embracing you. I can express my love by giving you something. I can express my love by counseling you, making sure that you don't do wrong thing. Because if you take wrong steps, while I'm counseling you, I begin to put myself in the position of how I will lose, because you lose. All right. And so because of that, I will do everything I can in my power to make sure that the cancer you are getting from me is correct, is righteous, and you will give achievement. But now we are talking of a God that I can't see. We are talking of a God I cannot see. But He is, everywhere. So what is love for God? Let me take you the four scriptures and you write it down. In the book of John, chapter 14, verse 15 and 16, Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my command. And I will ask my father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you. Now, in the residence of Jesus, therefore, we recognize that love before Jesus, that if you love your love for Jesus, is obey his command. My, My son, when sinners entice you, do not consent. So, love for Jesus is this. Satan, according to the book of Ephesians, chapter chapter two, from verse one to verse three, he is the one that works in every child of disobedience in the whole con- in the whole world. He creates systems for people to disobey God. He even makes disobedience to God, uh, uh, you know, social life. You know, he calls his various names. You know, you know, you you. I mean, it, 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 when people want to commit sin, they will say they will say that it is uh, it is life, enjoying life. You see. But Jesus said, if you truly say you love me, the only way I can know it is how much you obey me. But you will know that behind your mind, how can you obey a man who you do not really know? Or how can you obey a law that you did not read? How can you obey a man, a man's command, of whom you have not studied? So we recognize the fact that the silence behind it is that you have to study Jesus. You have to know what Jesus says. You have to know what the Bible says so that you can obey the command. So we can say that those who love God show it by studying God in the Bible and obeying Him. And also the benefit of it is I will ask my father and he will give you another counselor who will be with you forever. Second scriptures John fourteen twenty one Whatever whoever has my commands and obey them whoever has my command and obey them obeys them, he is the one who loves me. This is verbatim, this does not need interpretation because Jesus said again Whoever has my commands and obey me is he who loves me. Then he says, "He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him." So, if you look at these scriptures, therefore, we can see the three things answered: who is the, who, who, what is love for God? Love for God is to obey Him. Who is He that loves God? He, he that uh, loves God is the one who has His command and who obeys Him. And what are the benefits or the reward of loving God? We have seen one that he will send his Holy Spirit to you. And the second one he has said here is so strong. He says, he who loves me will be loved by my Father. Now understand, Jesus said he will be loved by my Father, but for God so loved the world. So in this scripture, Jesus made a distinction between love from God. There is a love from God for everybody, for all his creatures. But there is a love from God that is reciprocal love to anybody who makes a move of loving god because god never owes anybody and he will never pay everybody equal are we together now and you see it's a reward for your act of love towards god and your act of love towards god is determined by the act of obedience to his command and your act of obedience to his command is determined by how much of him you read and you know So if you do not know the whole scriptures, then you cannot read the height of love that will bring you into intimacy with Jesus because he said in that right scripture, he says, He will be loved by my father. I too will love him and show myself to him. We will show ourselves to him. So it means that this is the height of love a Christian can enter into and you will begin to receive visitation of heaven. You begin to receive angelic visitation and the Lord will knock your door in the broader light and he will begin to talk with you. He will. I will single you out from among crowd right in a meeting like this. He will talking to you, and others will not hear him. He will. He will open your eyes. You will see him. Others will not see him. That is the height of love that we're talking about. Jesus said in our scripture, when you respond to God, you will receive from God a higher. In a dimension of love, which is different from everybody. That's why not everybody can know this year. When this COVID came, there are many babblers on the television, on the social media, talking all nonsense about Antichrist and stuff like that. And I told you, don't listen to them. Anyone that God did not show before this year that COVID is coming, and the plague is coming, and now that the plague came, they think they can't, they have knowledge to come and tell you the spiritual meaning of it. That's a liar. That's a liar. You must believe me. Because Jesus did not live. That that statement is not ambiguous. It's a direct statement. I will gather now. He said it clean clear. If you love me. I will love you. My father will love you. And we will show. And you and I have to understand. That our, our, our reciprocating love to God. It's. It is a daily activity throughout our lifetime. Because that scripture gives us, you know, that love is progressing. we will together now. And I will help you know that in relationship with man and woman too. When you meet a woman or a man at the first day, you don't just fall crazy about them. You feel attracted to them. You have a sense of love. But when you continue to relate together, you will discover that your love will continue to increase to the place where you have what is called soul tie. And you come to the place where you, you cannot, you just want to see that person, you just want to see that person. And you talk with that person all the time. Alright? So is Lord. So is, God, so, is God, so is God. 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 And let me help you know this. The more you get intimate with a woman that you intend to marry, What we discover is that the woman begins begin to tell you all her secrets and you begin to tell him all your secrets. I might lie. If you have not been there before, God will put you there. Amen. I have been locked up in this for 1973. I think it's 40 something years now. I can't can't find a way out. (laughs) That's why they say love is blind, isn't it? No, it's not blind. Love sees. Love hears. Love, smell. Love, taste. But when you are entangled in the, in the ocean of love, you only know the way in. You cannot find the way out. Because those who even got angry and went out. I've seen women who have said to me, I'm fed up of this marriage. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Don't leave, I beg you. No, 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 no. I'm fed up. And after some time, they came back and said, can you help us settle the matter? Ah, It is because when you are lost in the ocean of love, you will not know your way out. Do the same thing with God. Do the same thing. You think about the one you love all the time. Think about God all the time. You consider the one that you love and the impact of your actions and decisions before you take them. Consider God before you act, react, and consider the impact that that will give to your love of God. And these are practical things that God is saying. And number three, love. Jesus said in John 14, 23 and 24, Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. You see, my teaching, my command, my teaching, my command, my teaching. My father will love him. He repeated that. And we will come to him. He said that again. And make our home with him. We will become a better. And verse 24 says, He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not mine. They belong to the Father who sent me. Come on now. Now let's look very briefly. What part of man is involved in love for God? What part of man really should be involved? You know, when, when, when the choir sang now, there was an accolade. There. People applauded them. Pa, pa, pa. You're clapping because you love that song, isn't it? Why are you looking at me like that? The COVID rule didn't say you shouldn't nod your head. He <laughs> didn't say you shouldn't nod your head because you clap now. So you clap because you were so you were so you know moved, impressed, isn't it? Do your head like that. <laughs> Amen. Oh la la! I can see a picture of God clapping for you when you're obeying Him. I can see a picture of God telling Jesus that Look at him. Satan is about to tempt me, tempt him, but I'm sure he will overcome it. And when Satan tempts you and you refuse the devil, and the son said, Father, what you said is true, and they give you a clap offering. The impact of your action on the one you love. And that will restrain you from many things. And I love this scripture so much. You do it, you have their presence. The presence of God will be with you. What part of you therefore loves God? Let me help you know this. In that verse, verse, in Luke chapter 10, verse 27, it says, he answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Your heart is one part. All your soul, number two part. All your strength, number three. And all your mind. Then he says, love your neighbor as yourself. We'll talk about that next Sunday. But I will finish by helping you explain a little bit about heart, mind. Here, it says you have a heart and you must love God with it. You have a soul, you must love God with it. And it says also you have strength. You must direct it towards the love of God, not towards lust. Not towards hate. And then you have a mind. Now, write this down. Your heart and soul are functions of your spirit. Anyone who did cognitive reason as a studies will, will begin to have an understanding of what, of what you agree together with me. Until I take you to the place where cognitive reason cannot reach the deeper dimension but the word of God does. I won't talk about that today. It will be the thought meeting I have with you. Your heart and soul, they are function of your spirit. Then your mind and strength are functions of your body. Tell somebody, I am a spirit. No, tell yourself, because of COVID rule. (laughs) Hallelujah. Everybody should be subject to the high authority that's above them, for there's no authority but that with God. (laughs) So, say to yourself, I am a spirit, I live in the body, and I have a, a soul. Now, this is it. Your soul is the nucleus of your spirit, and it is the function of your heart. Your mind is the nucleus of your body realm, and your body cannot function without your mind. Really, I will take you through this, you will discover that for anything to have impact on your soul... It must pass through your mind into your heart. And when it's a deposit of your heart, it controls the whole of your being. It controls the whole of your being. So therefore, end of this lecture, we'll give you ten things, very quickly, we'll talk more about it, that, that you need for life. <laughs> the power God has given to the soul of man is, is so enormous. The power God has given to the mind of man is called imagination. And it can be channeled positively or negatively. And whoever channels it positively will receive the reward. If you channel it negatively, you will suffer for it. So, you are a spirit, you live in the body, you have a soul or a mind. Your mind determines what, who, and what you are. Write it down. Your mind determines who you are, and your mind determines what you are. What I mean by that is that what you are today is a function of your mindset yesterday. And what will become of you tomorrow, there is no magic wine about it, is according to your mindset of today. Now, they, they have COVID, um, you know, you know post, 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 post-COVID um, conferences. I've been attending various post-COVID conferences, really from March. Some professionals have been looking into post-COVID conferences, especially in the field of law, that which area of arbitration will be affected by COVID? this lockdown what, what are the areas of laws that will would, that would be affected in, in this lockdown what will be what 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 are the things that will trigger and in what industries <clears throat> and how that will give rise to law or that will give rise to to lawsuits or that will give rise to changing of laws mind of a man your mind no wonder in the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 5 it says those who live according to the sinful nature have their mindset on what that nature desires, but those who live according to the spirit have their mindset on what the spirit desires. Therefore, whatever your mindset is determines what you do and what becomes of you. I, you know, what I can tell you this, you know, in Africa. Unfortunately, many people have, have been mis, mis-, mis- <clears throat> Any misfortune they said is a witch. Any misfortune they said is Satan. It's not Satan. The, as a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. So he is. Satan cannot do anything without a foothold. Satan cannot do anything to any man. Any man under heaven. Without a foothold. God did not create Satan in his image. He created man in his image. He did not give the art to Satan. He gave it to man. <clears throat> and the Bible says, "Highest heaven belong to God. But the art he had given to sons of men. Satan don't marry your wife. It's you who marry your wife. It's you who marry your husband, man. Satan don't give birth to children. You are the one who have them. Satan don't have friends. You are the one who have them. Listen to me. For Satan to access anybody, whether born again or not born again, he must first ask for the control of your mind. And when you succumb to that control, he controls you. So whoever controls your mind determines your life. This is scripture. A mind that is set on, this, on, this, on the nature of the body, that all your life is to care for the body, your body, your body, your body, your body. Your body. Even if you claim to be born again, you will be living in sin. If you change your mindset to God, pleasing God, pleasing God, pleasing God, and that is true love for God. You will discover that the product that you bring out will be righteousness. And it will bring thanksgiving unto God every time. Mindset will go deeper into it some other time. So therefore, note the danger and benefits of mindset. Romans chapter 8, verse 6 to 8. To 8. It says, the mind of sinful man is death. So the danger of wrong mindset, you love your body to the place where some people tattoo their body, they feel they are not, it's because they feel they are not uh, beautiful enough. You know, that intimidation, that kind of sense uh, sense of, I'm not good enough, I'm not beautiful enough. So they, they, and some bleach their body too. The same thing. Some tattoo their body, some bleach their body. You see some women who are born again in quotes, in church, their body is covered when they come to church because they don't see anybody dressed like a mad person in church. But once they step out of church, you see them in parties where everybody, most people are wild. You will see them with backless, and they open the whole of their back. They say they are in a party. As a man thinking in his heart, so he is. The, the one you see of them in church is not their true form. The one they do outside, that is the real spirit in them. If you are a Christian and you are behaving like that, don't be caught dead in that stuff. I'll tell you, don't let rapture meet you in those nonsense. You will, you will, you will see them flying, and you will do this, and you'll come back to the ground, where others have gone. Because God, I was teaching you sometime about God's jurisprudence and writing a book on this. When I begin to look at the law of equity, I found out that I came from the scriptures. When you want to do something in life, think, think first. Is it consumable? This action I'm going, to, I, I'm going to take, who are the stakeholders? If you have parents, they are your stakeholders. You have a wife, husband, children, friends, they are stakeholders. You have to consider the impact of what you're about to do in the lives of all those people. People who look at you as role model. And you can dash their spirit because of one foolish decision. Listen to me. Because you sold your mindset. That will not be your portion. I can preach just only on this. But time is gone. The demerits of wrong mindset in this case is applicable only to the flesh, to the sinful nature. Alright? Everything they do in the world, you want to do. You dance the dance of the world. Even some men plait their air. Yeah, my I can understand. <clears throat> And you see some people wear jeans that are torn, like mad people. In Africa, it's mad people who tear clothes before. If you give them clothes to wear, they will tear it. Because their mind is derailed. Now when it becomes, is now introduced to people who are not insane, something is wrong. A common sense should tell everybody who is a Christian that it must come from a spirit. And the spirit that loves to show naked parts of human body cannot be gone. You will not see an angel dressed that way. How can you dress that way? Come on. The way you will not accept, it, it, the way, the, a, a type of dressing that somebody will put on and say, I am the Lord like God. And you say, hey, hold it. Why should you do that too? And think God will accept you. See Jesus who plaited a part of the hair? And then he and said, I am the Lord like God. You said, the Lord rebuke you. Even if you are a sinner, you say, say, "The Lord, I know you, Satan." We cannot praise God on Sunday and dance with the devil in the week. They don't walk together. Therefore, mindset set on sinful nature is death. And it says, "But," and it says, "Another thing: anybody who set his mind on this sinful nature is because of his choice, his vol- his volition. He chose to set his mind on." those desires but those who live according to the spirit have their mindset on the spirit the mind of the mind controlled by sinful man is death in production and the mind controlled by spirit is life not only life and peace so if you don't have peace check your mindset you are not working in the spirit of god you have compromised your mindset you can change today if you are been deprived of life, check your mindset. Because when a mind is controlled by the spirit, that is the mind is set on the spirit, it will have life and peace. A life that is, mind that is set to the sinful nature will be controlled by the sinful nature. And it will have death. Death means every form of failure. Frustration. The yeah, Christians said, I am frustrated. Mindset. They say the sinful nature is hosted to God, number two. Death is number one that it produces. Number two, hostility to God. Anyone who set his mind on the flesh will be hostile to God. What is hostility to God? I don't want to look into the additional meaning of hostile, but because everyone of you uses a common word. But let's see what God, the Bible says about hostility. It says he does not submit to God, to God's law. So how do you know a hostile man to God? He does not submit to God's law. He, he has double laws. Law in the church law when he sees members of the church another law when he's outside everybody and he's only alone among the revelers hostile to God now does not submit to God, number two what hostility means, nor can it do so, this is interesting I just observe now that the bible qualify a hostile person to God with it. Did you observe that? I just saw that. We use it for a dead thing. So the Bible is always correct. Only we need to just read it. And get the revelation from it. Okay. He has been using He for a human. But when it came to mindset on the flesh and a sinful nature controlled man. <clears throat> he said, it's dead. And so because he's dead, he does not and cannot. He does not and cannot. So, he does not means he has the knowledge of it, but he willfully will not do it, but he cannot means he has become a reprobate, where when you are telling him the right thing, he can understand it. He can understand it. He has given himself so much to sensuality, Okay? That he cannot know the right thing to do anymore. He argues it. And if you look at the book of Second Thessalonians 4, uh, 2, it says that people like that is God who made them reprobate. After God had been warning them, they disagree. he will just leave them and that will be the end. You will not get there. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot... <laughs> this is interesting. The merits of wrong mindset who's tied who to God, who's related to God, It does not submit, cannot submit, alright, and cannot please God. Does not, cannot, and cannot please God. Do you see why you need to check your love life with God every time? Yeah? Is the choir who sing, if you have a... Every hour"? What do you sing that song? If you have... They can, they can If you want the spirit, God to check it every hour. If you want the, if you want the power, go, if you want the power, God to check it every hour. If you want the power, God to check it every hour. If you want the spirit, God to check it every minute. If you want weapon, every second. Hallelujah. That's a good remedy. Eh, That's it. If you want the power, got to check it every hour. If you want the Spirit, you got to check it every minute. If you want the weapon, got to check it every second. Is it good? Him have good, good remedy. (laughs) Hallelujah. You know something? I vow to God that as long as I live, Satan will have a headache. Man will be free. You will hear the truth and the truth will liberate you. We don't live in this world to die like a fowl. We live in this world to leave an imprint and a legacy if we die before rapture. Therefore, in my conclusion, write it down, mindset determines your choice of life and death. Your mindset determines whether you live or die. Your mindset or your mind your mind control. Mindset determines life or death. Two, your mind control determines all about you. Who controls your mind determines what happened all around you to you. And number three, who or what controls your mind? Alright? Determines your direction in life. Understand, the first one is, mindset determines your choice of life or death. Second one is, mind control determines all about you. That is, mind control is the the basis. However, who and what controls your mind determines direction in life. (coughs) We agree together. Then I ask you today, before I stop, who is controlling your mind? I leave you to answer that question. Who is controlling your, your mind? Understand that only who you permit can control your mind. And what is controlling your mind? Only what you permit can control your mind. Understand. I've shown you how easy God is. I've shown you how easy Satan also is. I've shown you how God can be accessed. The key to the Father's heart is this message, and I've shown you how Satan can be accessed. And I've shown you that in every matter of your life, take the devil out. Just look at yourself and God. If you are a Christian, Satan, Jesus, principles, and power, me, the publisher of them in you know, all this nonsense stuff. Some people say, Oh, you are suffering for your generational curses. Rubbish. It's a lie. My father was a wizard priest. My mother was a princess of Baal. Am I suffering? Am I suffering? Do I look like somebody cursed? So why did it not happen to me? My choice. I chose Jesus. Did anybody pray for me for deliverance? Unless I will deliver that person. There's no such a thing as deliverance. The Bible says Jesus said, "If the Son therefore set you free, you are free indeed." Oh, somebody said he has habit. Let us conduct deliverance for him to be to break off of habit. I won't do that because it is not prayer that made him go habit. It is his choice. Bring an addiction, an addicted person to be a man with strong habit. Leave me seven days with training his mind. He will not go to to a drug anymore. He will not go to that addiction anymore. It's not prayer that we do. Oh, there are some demons of, uh, 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 of, of, I didn't see it in the Bible. As far as I'm concerned, what is not written here? I don't believe it. What I see in the Bible is that, teach, teach that mind. The reality of who humanity is in the perspective of God and Jesus Christ. All men have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is dead. But there is a gift of God that leads to repentance. Wages of sin is dead. The Bible didn't stop there. It said the gift of God. You can choose the death, you can choose life. And once you choose life, you are free indeed. Galatians 5, it is not. It, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free, no longer to be subject to the yoke of slavery. Children of God, when you know the truth, you will pray in the right direction and you will move the world. You not spend most of your life praying prayer that doesn't pass the ceiling, but you have a lot of vibration and a lot of energy and a lot of jegging and jigging. I want to stop here today because... In my lecture for you today, I've just covered the half, and time is gone. So therefore, next Sunday, we'll look at the power of imagination. And then I will go into the definition of love the following Sunday. I believe that God has spoken to you. Let's bow our heads wherever. And those of you watching all over the world, bow your heads, please. Wherever you are. I want you to speak to God. Ask God. I had your word. Empower me to fulfill it. Empower me. If you have a particular habit, tell the Lord, I reject this behavior. Before you today, this is your temple. You made covenant with your temple that any prayer prayed in the temple, you will answer. So, King of Heaven, I reject this behavior. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ, I'm not leaving this church with that bad behavior, that bad character. If you can say it, Jesus will help you and he will dissociate that stuff from you. There is no reason why to be living without life, without peace, because the mind control by Jesus is life and peace. It's all blessing. Oh, my King, if you have never accepted Jesus Christ before, just tell Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I want to accept you. And then say, Jesus, I invite you into my heart. Forgive me all my sins. And he will do it straight away as you ask him. Jesus never wastes time when you ask him for forgiveness. He does it straight. Oh, Sovereign Lord father extend your love to everyone under my voice i have testified about you the only true god my testimony of you is true for i read in the holy word your scriptures and i have had encounters with you when you spoke to me mouth to mouth Yours, the same thing You have spoken to me through angels. Just the same thing. I'm left without any doubts that your word is the truth. I ask for the spirit of conviction to enter into everyone under my voice. That people who felt they have been so terrible that you cannot receive them may feel the warmth of your love that you are still there for them and may return to you. And people who have accepted you but have submitted control of their life to Lucifer by associating themselves and setting their mind on worldly things that you may empower them today to turn back to the way for you are the way the truth and the life for revival has begun upon the face of the earth in this year and the heat of it will increase as we go You have revealed to us about 2011 to 2021 to 2027. Yesterday. That's the beginning you have been revealing. And we know we have more information about these years to come. For a new sun will arise on the face of the earth from 2021. And it will shine for seven years. It will get to the zenith. It will illuminate the mind who seek knowledge and who is knowledge but you the very wisdom of the father so that the time as spoken by the father will be fulfilled among the sons of men i pray for everyone under my voice lord that you will empower us let the drizzle of your fire fall in this meaning lord upon every soul lord fire from heaven fire from heaven Upon every mind, O God, Holy Spirit, send your fire. Upon our soul, send your fire. God, the Holy Spirit, send your fire. Upon our hearts, send your fire, Lord. Upon our body, everything the devil has quoted, let him be destroyed with your fire. Purify also God in this meaning. Let the Spirit of purity move around the people. And fill the hearts of everyone under my voice. If you are sick in your body, be healed in the name of Jesus. It is written by Israel, we are made whole. So, you are made whole in the name of Jesus. The pain in your neck is gone. The pain in your lumbar is gone. The pain in your shoulder blade is gone. Everyone that have terminal diseases, you are healed. receive brand new organs, new heart, new lungs from God in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Receive brand new bladder. Yes, receive brand new kidneys. In the name of Jesus. He sent his word. It is reading, And he healed his people. Lord, all the scriptures are quoted on this. I send them out. Against every infirmity. I flush them out of human bodies. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I command healing. 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 Restoration into families and lives. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I dispossessed the devil of God's possessions according to your promise in Zechariah 9, 8, Lord. You said, I will defend my people. I will defend my house. This is your house. These are your family. You said, I will defend them from eroding forces. And so, Lord, you said, and I will defend them from oppressor, oppressing spirits. Turn the face from heaven, oh God. Bond be loose, bondages be broken, yokes be destroyed, bodies be lifted in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Hey Let peace come upon every soul, both in your bodies and in your mind. Receive the peace of God in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father God. If you haven't accepted Jesus and you want to do so, I want all heads bowed. And those of you who are here or outside, just place your hand on your chest. And I'll pray with you. Say this after me, Lord Jesus. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. I repent before you today. Forgive me all my sins. I surrender my life to you. Thank you, Father, for saving me. I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' holy name. Amen.